0: You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. How are you doing? I see you have a festive shirt there. What is that? It's a uh, fly, it's got flowers on it. I should say for our vast listening audience. You
1: have to explain. You have this is a test of your news knowledge, Bob. Why uh, is the, Why is this shirt significant?
0: Mickey, my whole brand is not knowing what's going on in the world. Okay, right, okay I, got, I forgot. The answer is that the Boogaloo Boys, oh, who, who are three allegedly... Of whom, three of whom were arrested, am I wrong?
1: For, I didn't follow for, that. I was going planning, to look and,
0: They were making Molotov cocktails, thus lending credence to the claim that some of these provocateurs are right-wing, although there are people who claim they're a little more complicated than just right-wing.
1: The, i'm sure there's credence i mean if you were if you were a member of a crazy uh you know uh a, a crazy uh are they right wing i don't know they a, a crazy fringe uh, group fringe group alt uh ca- gun carrying group of course you're going to make plans what else are you going to do yeah but fact- the idea, the idea that there are any significant component of well, the, of the protests or the looting seems crazy. Anyway, well, but they, wait, but, 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 but they wear the, Hawaiian shirts. Okay, okay.
0: that's okay. a nice. So you're re, so this is one of probably not the only thing that qualifies you for membership, but it's good that you got the clothes down.
1: Uh, I reject I'm, this Hawaiian shirt, Bob. Okay, unequivocally. But right. uh, anyway, Boogaloo somehow uh, morphed into Big Luau. And they got the Hawaiian shirts. How many people at the demonstrations have you seen wearing Hawaiian shirts? Answer, well, they would go undercover. Zero.
0: They would go undercover. The other thing I would say, Mickey, is there's the quantitative participation question and the qualitative. In other words, like are they doing a small number of 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 uh quite momentous acts? For example, I you know, I don't want to point fingers, certainly not at the Boogaloo Boys, but I would say that if I had to guess who basically assassinated that security guard in Oakland early on in the protests, that looks to me more like right-wing than left-wing provocation. I just don't imagine Antifa shooting a black security guard. That's not their style. Anyway. No,
1: it's not Antifa's style, but it might be somebody else's style. Mm. You, anyway. If I were Jack Schaefer, I would say, do you have any evidence to support this? Uh, and I would say no.
0: That's why I have a podcast and not a responsible newspaper. That would be my
1: response, too. Yeah. <laughs> um so um so they lifted the curfew. I don't know if I can take all this in, no- in normally right you, now or where you are in LA where or I am. Oh. It's it's very annoying. I mean, I, here I was all bunkered down with my getting my food before 1 p.m., which is tough if you get up at 11. And uh uh and now they're liberating me to go out. I don't want to go out. I'm all set here. But
0: well, I've got good news for the next hour, Mickey. You, you can and should stay exactly where you are. The, uh, I, you know, Mickey, I got to say, I mean, if the world continues to be as unsettled as it is, it may get hard to sustain this lighthearted banter. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, how are you actually alarmed? See, one, one difference is I, I take seriously the, the threat of Trump's uh, creeping authoritarianism. I, you don't. That's one difference. Okay, we're back after brief technical difficulties. And Sorry, we're, we're both too old to remember where we were. So, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? We were talking um, about. I guess uh, I was saying, um, you know, uh, that it's it's sometimes it's hard to sustain a lighthearted banter when the world is in such a weird uh, situation. You well, know. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, can we review? I mean, last week. See, we taped last week. Taping Friday afternoons is perilous. It seems like stuff tends to happen after Friday afternoon. Last week, what happened was kind of the protests went nationwide and got very disruptive. Friday night was the big night for that. Um, so we we had talked about the George Floyd killing a little, but at that point you hadn't even seen the video of the kill uh, uh, of the uh, of of his death, right? Have you?
1: No, you could see it. I still haven't seen it. I can't bear to watch it.
0: Well, it's amazing. Let me just quickly say, it, it's amazing. You know, there there are good reconstructions both in the Washington Post and the New York Times, and it's just what was going through that cop's mind. I, I is hard to imagine uh, because well, two- it, it's just like nothing else that I'm aware of that's happened. It, it's not. It's not like Eric Garner. It's not like any of of, of these others in terms of how kind of egregious it well, is. Well,
1: here's here's one possible well, or two possibilities. One. We don't know what happened before they started taping.
0: Somehow well, actually, he, actually, I have a pretty good idea. That's the virtue of these reconstructions. I can talk about that.
1: Okay, and they, there was a witness in the car that that this reporter for the New York Times uh, talked to. So, um, who said what? What
0: did, what did that? One I didn't said? read
1: it. Well, so uh, I'm afraid. But um, I mean, the the but somehow he got on the ground. Okay, how did he get on the ground? Well, it's more complicated than that.
0: Okay, so first of all. I'm sure he was a handful because the clerks who reported him with police, who were not white, said he seems to be drunk or something. Okay, and and apparently but when they were trying to get him in the car, he was saying, no, I'm claustrophobic. You can't put me in. But the weird thing is they got him in the car. They had him in the back seat. Now, maybe he wasn't in proper position. I don't know. But for some reason, this guy Chauvin pulled him out the other side. They had gotten him in through the left side, Chauvin goes to, to the other side, pulls him out, and I, I haven't heard an explanation for why he did that, and and, and I think maybe he, he resisted going in the car in the first place, but then thereafter, I don't know what the story was, but, you know, it's so weird because, like, they called for an ambulance, a code 2 ambulance, which means don't put on the siren, don't come through. Don't run right. red lights. Then a minute later, they change it to a code three. Put on the siren, run the red lights. You can only infer that at that point he was unconscious. Mm-hmm. And for at least two minutes afterwards, the guy still had his knee on his neck. And they have videotape of these people on the sidewalk saying he's unresponsive. He's unconscious. And, and, and the officer is just sitting there. And earlier, by the way, they have when he's saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, some cop says, well then get in the police car. He says, I will, I will, I'm ready. But they, they don't take the knee off. It's just, it's just, uh, it's, and it's ha- baffling. And,
1: and how much pressure was the knee applying?
0: It looked like a lot. It looked like a lot. I mean, one theory I had was, well, maybe he he just gets his back up and like I'm a cop, the crowd doesn't intimidate me into doing anything, but it's just there as you know, so he doesn't take the knee off, but he's not pressing down. But I look closely; it looked like he was. In any event, he, he's he's crazy because you know these days there's video of it, and it just it just doesn't it just doesn't. And
1: one 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 theory is that that people often fake being sick, and the cops have learned to ignore it. Well, somebody emailed,
0: or or maybe in the comments...
1: That doesn't fit fit the scenario you just detailed, because he obviously was sick.
0: No, I mean, one of our viewers or listeners said that uh, to me, I mean, wrote it to me after our last conversation, said, these cops here, I can't breathe, and this hurts, the handcuffs hurt, and so on, all day. But none of that explains how long this went on. And is it also true that he wrong. knew the guy? No, they both worked at this. They they think they both may have worked at the same place, but one for maybe at the same time, but one of them would have been, you know, George Floyd was a bouncer. And by the way, I've learned that he did apparently lose his job because of the lockdown. So he was out of work and right. um, he was a bouncer. The cop worked security for the same place, but the cop would have been working on the outside and, and Floyd on the inside. No no one knows that they knew each other. Not impossible.
1: I don't know. The um, uh, Okay. Uh, but, I mean, the basic point is everybody condemned this, okay?
0: Yeah, I know. Totally, 99.9% of Americans you condemned this. You couldn't this. go anywhere and find somebody who was not vociferously condemning it. That was an right. interesting so feature. How, of
1: so how did... So how did we end up with the nation being torn apart. Uh, I, I just think this, uh you know, I have a, a couple of theories, but the obvious theory is uh, it's being torn apart because of anti-Trump fervor and people sense this is the moment to express themselves against Trump and, you know, General Mattis and a bunch of officials feel this is their moment to express themselves against Trump uh and Trump isn't handling it all that well uh so uh that's how how we end up here I think the the people. I think if they're wrong, I think it's too early to go well, off against Trump. That's a but, slightly uh,
0: asymmetrical view of the situation. You're, you're just looking at why Trump critics are trying to make a big deal of this. I mean, I think.
1: No, I'm looking at why is there a big demonstration in front of the White House when Trump has condemned it? Why are we? Well, why are well, we debating in front of the White House? Why are we protesting? Why are they, in the they White protesting
0: House? everywhere? I mean, of course they're going to protest in front of the White House. I mean, we know a lot of people don't like Trump. I mean, you know they're going to protest in D.C. But that was um, an
1: anti-Trump demonstration. Wasn't it?
0: Well, kind of. Why did, let, why
1: did Pelosi show up? Why did Elizabeth Warren show up? Because, it, it, I mean... Yeah, maybe sure, sure. It's, Look, it's, no, it's, of
0: course, of course. A lot of people hate Trump. There's a reason for that. But but let's step back. I mean, my question is, what gave such incredible energy to the protests nationwide? I mean, they're still going on. And it's been almost 10 days. It's and,
1: calmed down today. It's going to supposedly pick back up this weekend.
0: Yeah, so, so I think... That's an interesting question. And my, I guess my theory is, first of all, I think it's the pandemic and the lockdown gave it energy.
1: Right. I mean, you know, there's
0: people, you know, a lot of people don't have a job to go to, time on their hands, they're restless. And, you know, to the extent that there is progressive activism on campuses and there is a fair amount, it is around the issue of social justice and social justice isn't just about black people being killed by cops, but that's a big theme. And so I, I think kind of all the, a lot of the social justice energy that, uh, you know, some people complain about, I mean, the people who complain about uh, so-called social justice warriors complain about it. Um I think naturally, it was more pent up than ever because of the the pandemic. Um, and uh, this was a natural forum for its expression. I mean, I, that's part I, of my theory. I media. agree with that.
1: What, what are the other parts?
0: Um, well, I think in terms of then why why does it get more intense and polarizing, I think part of it is the famous balkanization of the media and the social media. I mean, if you turn on Fox, and I will say, first of all, when I was watching the coverage in the early going, there were some things I preferred about watching Fox, just the street reporting of the demos. It was less performative than like MSNBC, and and, and so the, the you know it was more like old fashioned reporting that, that right. a, a person of my generation is used to. But but still, these are two different worlds. You go to you go on Fox now, and the mashups you see are of looters and protesters who are out of hand. And if you go on MSNBC now, you do see some looting and stuff in the on for sure on MSNBC. But partly because that's. An opportunity for reporters to be performative. I mean, they go where the drama is as far as the live reporting. But in terms of mashups, you see, if you're progressive, especially on social media, you are seeing mashups of cops who are seemingly abusing their power. If you are in the Fox cocoon, you are seeing mashups of looters and aggressive protesters and so on. So you're seeing it, it kind of gets back to what I said last week in the context of the Central Park dog walking controversy, which is that when everyone has smartphones, every day you have the opportunity to see the worst behavior by anyone in America on your social media. I mean, we have, we've constructed a system for delivering the most damning video of any public behavior to mm-hmm. everyone hey. every day. And, 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 and so you're seeing the worst behavior by cops if you're on the left. And the worst behavior by protesters, leaders, and so on. If you're on the right, and and the rest is history. And okay, the longer uh, it goes on, the more you know. I have bad behavior I, there is.
1: I, I, I'm sure that's part of it. I, I have two more uh, theory because I'm not just judging by my friends. They're all sending me clips, and they're all police brutality. You know, police yeah. brutality clips, and they're not seeing the other side. Um, although secretly, of course, they are. That's the other thing. People- what do you mean? How West are they? Uh, West West Side liberals who send around clips of of cops beating innocent protesters are also buying guns. Okay, they're not. They yeah. don't think it's just the problem with the cops. Well, they also, think, your friends aren't really woke. They think excuse with all due respect, me, ex- with all due excuse respect, me, they're not woke. They're 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 excuse <laughs> me, they're they're fucking woke. They're wokey woke. They're the wokest. Not, they're not woke woke. <laughs> they're they incredibly it's woke. Like,
0: it's like Mike Gisley said. Al Gore is an old person's idea of a young person. Your friends are an old person's idea of a woke person.
1: I don't know. Their N- kids no are. Sort of, hey, I kids, am one of your friends.
0: Okay, I, their I don't
1: kids don't, are certainly woke. That, that, you're not my name of my West Coast friends, ben. Oh, their <laughs> kids anyway, are. I have tell him. me about
0: it. You want to know who the least huh. woke person in my household is? You. You're looking at him. Yeah, okay. by a long shot.
1: Anyway, bye. I have two other reasons. One is uh, uh, deep underlying social forces for the... I mean, this is obviously just a feeling of a moment, but in the 60s, you had the idea, okay, I'm in college, I'm protesting, you know, that there's tear gas everywhere. There's no fucking way that capitalism's still going to be here when I graduate from college. It's like, it's all over. There's going to be some new system. And... For the first time I got a, a whiff, uh, of that same sentiment that really there is going to be something new because we're heading for a crash. And that may be wrong, but it probably is wrong since it was wrong in the 60s. But, uh, you know, we have Young people with whose economic future is like bleak, they're moving into their parents' homes, they can't pay their the standard thing they can't pay their loans. Even if they get a job, it's not particularly a job they want. It doesn't match their hopes and expectations. It's some crappy job for some tech company that's destroying the world. It's just all very unpleasant. And plus they're they're imbued with this idiotic social justice uh mentality from from college. Uh, and it's a recipe for disaster. Okay, the 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 and the fourth Wait, thing I'm is I'm not
0: sure I follow all that. Of course, they wouldn't use the word idiotic. They would they would sign on to the earlier part of what you said. I think among like millennials and Gen I guess Zers, there's a lot of uh, you know, there's 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 a certain amount of complaining about the weird kind of environment they graduated into. Certainly, including the jobs environment, and I think it's justified. It's a weird. It's a weird, insecure world they entered oh, to totally. begin with, and you were hearing that before the unemployment rate was, you know, whatever totally. it is now, fifteen percent. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh,
0: but they don't agree that their their ideology is idiotic. Like many people, they don't agree with right.
1: That like the like the writers for the New York Times. We'll get to that, but um, the uh, great tease there, Mickey. The fourth. And the fourth factor is just technological asymmetry. In other words, I, I don't know what the name for this scenario is. I would call it the Clockwork Orange scenario, except I forget. In Clockwork Orange, did Malcolm McDowell roam the streets freely beating up people, or was I think to me he was busted and tortured?
0: I don't think but, I ever actually saw that movie. Uh,
1: but anyway, the point is, maybe they have the advantage. If you if you read the stories on the L.A. looting. It was very well organized via cell phones. People mm-hmm. pulled up in caravans of cars. They knew mm-hmm. which stores to loot. They were directed to get this and get that. Uh, and they were gone, even if the cops had sort of been alert to it. And they weren't. They were off, you know, dealing with the protests most of the time. But even if they'd been on the job and they knew, hey, there might be looting tonight and we have no protests to worry about, it's not clear to me the cops could stop it because they move so fast. They're in and out. Boom! What are the cops going to come? Mow them, mow them down with machine guns? No, you need a whole operation to stop that. Well, yeah. and the cops can mobilize the operation fa- fast enough to stop them before they leave. So, well, especially, we're in a, a guerrilla war situation where the guerrillas win.
0: Well, right. I mean, the cops. I mean, first of all, I suspect the protests were especially far flung because there was at least modest social distancing often. So they weren't super dense. So there was a huge amount of area that the police had to police. And then if the looters are going somewhere else altogether, you know, the cops are in a tough, tough, tough place. And that's what what looters did. And and as you said, apparently, in some cases, they did so in organized fashion. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a. You know. Well,
1: the que- the question a- is the question is uh, whether the cops screwed up by paying attention to the protests instead of the looting. Other- and I don't know the answer to that. In part, it depends on was there overlap between the protests and the looting? Was there violence at the protests? And you know, I've been at protests. I was at the first protest I ever went to it was in, dare I say, it, 1964. It was against the Vietnam War was outside the century plaza hotel and uh uh you know the 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 mayor of la was on the balcony uh and and lyndon johnson was in town i guess and i decided to go protest the war with my parents okay it was like a very peaceful with my doctor my not my father but my mother and that was pretty
0: early to protest the war 64 man
1: yeah well we didn't know we were anti-war until we went there it was just we went to we well, didn't like what, and then all of a sudden, anyway, and then, and there was one guy in the crowd with a tire iron. And There's always one guy who's yeah. trouble, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden the police charge and start busting heads and, and chasing us all around. And it seemed completely unprovoked and it probably was, but maybe the cops could point to the guy with the tire iron and say, you know, this guy's, in it's always a mixture. There's always some excuse for the cops yeah. to bust heads. And uh if it's, you know, if it's just that, if they just it, obviously if they just let the protests stay, maybe it would have dispersed peacefully, or maybe the protesters would have, you know, pushed the limits and tried to see if they could provoke the cops. You never know what's going to happen. It's always a it's always a mixture, uh, but you have to think that if they had an anti looting strategy as opposed to an anti demonstration strategy, it would have been more successful.
0: Yeah, I mean, it naturally took them a long time to get the picture. This was. You know, I mean, for one thing, it spread to a lot of cities that had no reason to expect a protest anytime soon. And it happened fast. It spread to a lot of cities. It was a totally new environment. It's in the middle of the pandemic. The other thing is these people are wearing masks so they can proceed. If you're a looter or if you're just a provocateur and want to just cause trouble, it's a lot easier to do it when you got a mask on because the chances of getting caught are a lot slimmer. Right. Because video is not going to help the right. cops much. You right. know, that is normally a real deterrent. So right. it was a tough situation for for it's,
1: you know it, it's it, a little it's a little weird I mean in Beverly Hills for example they knew that Rodeo Drive was going to be targeted a day in advance mm-hmm. they still couldn't stop it very weird um
0: well so there are the sinister there are the conspiracy theories that the cops want to show you how much they're needed and
1: Well that and, was the theory in New York yeah especially People felt the Which cops. Which I don't
0: especially buy, but, uh. I mean, the, it's, it's a well,
1: I, I mean, New York has an incredible number of cops, okay? I think it's 39,000. Yeah, it's also they, a
0: huge city and they had an incredible no, number of people. No, it's protesting. much
1: smaller than Los Angeles and we have half the number of cops. So it's, it's, uh, or, or, uh, we, 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 were doing, Los Angeles is vast, vast areas of real estate. I bet more people Man, were protesting Manhattan, in
0: New York than in Los Manhattan, Angeles.
1: but. Th- If the cops wanted to protect stores in Midtown Manhattan, they could have a hundred cops on every block, and they could stop it. And they didn't. And and people thought that was because the cops really wanted to to let the looting happen and show how much they're needed as a protest against the city leadership too.
0: Well, I always Um, I always leave the conspiracy theorizing to you. And you no, you started this once again. No, I alluded darkly to conspiracy theorists.
1: I'm just anyway. The people said that. I don't think in L.A. it was that. I think it will be more reluctant to use force in a way that might lead to more videos of more people being brutalized. Uh,
0: Are you not terribly worried? I mean, I am worried by something that I think you're not worried by, which is I now have a scenario where Trump's authoritarianism becomes truly worrisome. And I can see, I think, how we how we get there. I've written this piece and it will show up presumably in my newsletter, which, by the way people can subscribe to it nonzero.org uh, I look for I'm am le- less worried I do think the
1: it's hard to defend the clearing of the protesters in the park so Trump could make his walk I mean I assume I assume they will sue the government and win millions of dollars as happened in a, in a, a more clear-cut case in uh, on the capitol when people were just sitting there and they got arrested they all won big judgments mm. This is, maybe there was a guy with a tire iron like in, the, like in 1964 and the cops can say, oh, we were provoked by his tire iron. All that evidence, all that evidence will come out, but no. I haven't seen it. It's, I, it. It sure looks from the evidence that exists now that they were supposed to clear the area earlier. Oh,
0: but didn't you they hear didn't. William Barr? Didn't you they hear William didn't. Barr saying
1: the two were totally
0: unconnected? Trump's speech and the clearing of the park.
1: Mickey? Well, Barr also said that Epstein didn't kill himself. I mean, yeah, Barr I was being is being sarcastic. Barr,
0: I mean, I mean, Barr, Barr the, lies.
1: Barr bar, bar lies. Well, occasionally. but this
0: is one of his more glaring lines. I mean, this is embarrassing. And in fact, if you watched him tell it, he did this tell. He he looked to the side as he delivered the actual lie. Yeah. I mean, this was embarrassing. I mean,
1: usually, well, anyway. It, 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 I don't. Not defending the light. They they should. It was perfectly justifiable that they would not have any protesters in the square at all, and it, they wanted to clear it out hours before, and they should have cleared it out hours before. They would burned down a building, which I had initially that thought was, was the, a,
0: the night before, which was a right, bathroom. Right. I think right.
1: It was the facilities building. Probably Bob. the I, first
0: time in years you've been able to get access to the bathroom is when they finally burned the doors off. I, I used to live in DC, and I assure you that bathroom was not
1: well, they, not available. It, it, I at first thought it was a guard. It was first identified as a as a guard station. It apparently wasn't a guard station. It was a facilities building that had bathrooms, and like a storage shed for something. I don't know. But then it was also built by by Ryan Liza even as a historic building. An historic anyway, it's bathroom. a building within a stone's throw of the White House that got burned, okay? It seems to me, if if that happens, you're allowed to say, okay, we're moving the perimeter out so that it's further away from the White House. Two things. Okay, that's perfectly reasonable. That's in fact, what they've done now. Two things. It burned down the night before. Yeah. But but here's how
0: we know, I think, for sure, that this thing was ordered precisely to coincide with Trump's little rose garden talk is that they started clearing it out 25 minutes before curfew began. Right, no,
1: but... Well, why would you do that? Why would you not wait for curfew? No, no, I, I agree with that. But all I'm saying, Bob, is if you read the accounts, they were supposed to have cleared it out that morning... For valid security reasons, and maybe also for this Fine. PR opportunity. But at 635,
0: okay? obviously, if they but decide it, to clear it, they're gonna say, okay, well wait, I'm not 25 disputing minutes. That. So I'm agreeing you. with that. Okay. I'm agreeing with let, that. Let me say one that. more thing about that, and this gets to the creeping authoritarianism thing. Did you see the video where the TV cameraman gets, uh, roughed up? So like, they start moving, this kind of suddenly, I, I think they say they gave a warning, and I think some, People say they heard a warning. Many people say they didn't hear a warning. But in any event, it's kind of, you know, it's just sudden. They start moving in. The cops are going to clear it. This TV cameraman is sitting on the side with a camera. It's so it's not like he chose to get in the way or anything. And he's kind of, you know, he's, it's kind of a surprise. He's had about three seconds to react. And rather than just say move along, a cop swings the, uh the cops shield into his body uh like really aggressively and then punches him in the face i mean this was like this was like out of a uh kind of like a a, a fascist uh movie or something well, and 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 and, if, and and it's important to remember these are park police so these are cops who know that the ultimate authority is their ultimate authority is Donald Trump? It's not; these aren't municipal cops, and they also know that he hates journalists. So I'm just saying these are the little kinds of things that I think should really. Do you think worry. that leads to
1: fascism in America?
0: Well, I I, can, I have a scenario that's, where, by, that, according that, to which we should be worried, but that's not it. That's just one of the signs. Cops
1: cops tend to beat people up when they're told to clear a square. That's yeah, happening. I've seen the uh, you know I I. Uh, it, it, it's, it's almost happened to me a couple times, but this is uh, what's know, they, interesting. They, they don't they don't look for your press pass first. So first
0: of all, you were protesting back before smartphone days. Cops are much by and large more careful than they were in the 60s. We've no, seen I, nothing I, I, like Chicago 68.
1: So far. I'm, I'm talking about a recent demonstration where I tried to step off a curb to take a smartphone picture and the cops almost beat me up. They They, they, almost, they, they have
0: almost what did they actually do?
1: <laughs> they get the Did fuck punch out of the curve. Did they no. punch you?
0: No, well, I was. But then that distinguishes your case from the one I just described fairly sharply. Punched the guy in the face. Uh, but it was. An, it, it seemed to me an overreaction. The
1: point is that they they are all hyped up and they and they overreact. That's what happens. Well, I just want to
0: say I feel I, your pain, Mickey. But back to the person who was actually punched in the face. Okay, the. Um, is your, is that your phone? It sounds like an old fashioned phone. That sounds like an old phone fashioned phone. That's Roy probably Rogers. the, is it on the it's wall? Probably the, is it's it probably, it's probably the city,
1: city calling to, to say that there's another curfew. Or perhaps an inspirational message from our mayor. Anyway.
0: It's a great ring. Um, so here's the thing. This, this, uh, this was one of the most egregious. I've looked at a lot of cop video over the last week. And the truth is, if you look at these outrageous, Supposedly outrageous mashups. Half the time, I think, well, first of all, I'd like to know what preceded this. Why that? Why the cop was unhappy with the guy? Secondly, you know, it shouldn't. This shouldn't shock you. Like, like there was one that people were going, oh, he hit the guy over the head, and and it's a guy who tried to intervene while the cops were trying to detain somebody. He grabbed the guy, tried to pull away from the cop. Let me tell you something, folks. When cops are trying to detain someone. They are going, you know, they are hell bent on it, and if you try to actually impede them, you may get hit on the head. That's, well, life. that's,
1: that, and, and, that, that's even true of that old man who got pushed over. He, if you look at the video, I think he grabs something on the cop's uniform. Well. Before he gets pushed over, and the cops don't like that That's either.
0: another interesting case. If you look at that close, and that was sad because, oh, you could, did you hear, did you have the volume? You could hear his head hit the concrete. Oh, yeah. But if you look at it, what happened is, No cop was trying to push him to the ground. I mean, this also created huge outrage. These cops had just started a sweep of a plaza. They had just started. It was time. I guess it was curfew. And this guy, rather than recede, walks up and tries to talk to them. Two cops at the same time try to just push him forward. One with his, uh, with his billy club in the two hands, but just trying to kind of push him. The other one applies force. And then a third, apparently superior officer, pushes the one with the billy club meaning move forward don't let him stop you none of them was trying to push him to the ground it just happened and this is what i mean i this is i just want to get back to the fact that what happened in that park was extraordinary it was extraordinarily abusive and it happened with federal uh law enforcement officials who report to trump and not municipal officials well, and nothing it, it, is going to happen to them i assure you precisely because trump is the ultimate arbiter i don't of think it, what happens I, you,
1: you may be right about the line of the line of hierarchy but a nothing would happen to them anyway b i don't think it was extraordinarily abusive and c it's a violation of the constitution whether they're abusive or not i mean you're you're peacefully protesting they're not supposed to clear you out politely or impolitely uh, what do you mean it, it's a it's a they're not supposed to clear the square if you're if you're peacefully protesting, even if they politely say, "Could you please leave, ma'am? We're going to tie you up now nicely with the handcuffs." That's Ill, that's like yeah, that's a my, violation my of the First point, Amendment.
0: My only point was, and I think it stands. This really was different from what you're seeing on other police videos. I'm was telling you, no, it was so gratuitous. It was no different it than the so Century gratuitous. Plaza in
1: 1964.
0: Well, fine, but that Same was before bullshit. smartphones. I'm telling you, this was just a different level of police conduct. We can link to it on Blogging TV. Um, and by the way, I mean, uh, I think maybe it's hard to tell the way they're clad. I think maybe the cop who did it was a woman. Um, no. But, uh, but in any event, it was a very abusive cop. And I think qualitatively different. Right. So gratuitous.
1: Rem- very similar to... All the stuff that went on in the '60s before smartphones. Okay, I'm going
0: to say it's one last time. But it was no a different more, era before smartphones. But you
1: say it's extraordinarily abusive? It's not extraordinarily abusive. It's been going on since well, for centuries. Yeah, also,
0: you know, if you compare it to the Roman Colosseum, it doesn't look that bad, Mickey. I'm just comparing it to municipal cops now. Okay, the key distinction being, it's a federal cop, and I'm telling you, this is one reason to worry about Trump well, that could be. sending troops all across the country,
1: okay. which he would like so to he's, do. he's got control of 300 park policemen.
0: I mean- he would like to do more, but he got the blowback from military elites, which has stayed his hand from the time being, which is extraordinary in itself. Say what you will about Jim Mattis's motivations. Mattis had those motivations for a long time now and never spoke up. And Esper, well, but- Mark Esper, who knew he had it in him, the current Secretary of Defense, to basically diss Trump big time.
1: I don't, uh, I don't doubt that they were embarrassed by being involved in that, and that that was prompted. Well, that, that with, doesn't explain Mattis. Well, sure it does. He would he, object. He would object to. Uh, he would object to the military being used uh, inappropriately. Sure, that's
0: what I mean. It was an objection of principle, occasioned by what he can. Cons- considered to be a dire situation where Trump was about before, to, to do something uh, that he thought would be dangerous. Yeah, that's my point.
1: We're agreeing, but uh, the, he, of course, Mattis had differences of principle before, part, part of which you would disagree with. He wanted us to stay involved in I'm Syria. I'm not a Mattis
0: fan, by the way. Yeah. It's hilarious listening to the, uh, I needless to say, checked in on the Bannon podcast, and it was a day when bannon wasn't there but i i suspect they'd conferred on what the line was going to be on mattis and it's amazing it's like i mean obviously okay mattis is the enemy for them now and maybe bannon didn't like him to begin with but they have this whole story about how military generals in general are it's like a left wing that's the term they used a left wing like cabal of uh you know and and, and by the way that's that's bizarre rhetoric that, that almost seems designed to pave the way for uh, some pretty extraordinarily scary behavior by Trump. I mean, like as if anticipating that it's going to be him against the military and, and they want the enlisted men on their side or something. It's
1: weird. Um, the This idea that Trump is going to pull off fascism in America is insane. He can't even arrange a walk across the okay. park. Well, this is my piece. This is my piece. Um,
0: this is, I address this in my piece.
1: And and what I I say. I mean if he if he if he says if he fires all the generals and appoints uh Jared Kushner chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, he'll be impeached. It's over for him. He's not going to be able to do that.
0: Uh, Let me just give you the short version of my thesis in this piece, which will probably be in the in the newsletter soon. The uh it's true that for the first three years, Trump's saving grace was his incompetence and his self absorption. It meant that he couldn't he, he 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 just didn't have the capacity to kind of slowly, insidiously implement an authoritarian uh, regime. But finally, one thing that happened a few months ago is hin- his incompetence led the pandemic to get worse than it had to, which meant the lockdown was more stringent than it would have been, which means we're still living with a little bit of both lockdown and pandemic. That set the stage. Uh, that made the demonstrations more intense in in ways we have discussed. I mean, and for that matter, George Floyd uh, would have had a job and might not have had uh, any counterfeit cash. Uh, but anyway, so that set the stage for this, and and now, um, you know, we have seen him make a number of <clears throat> recent, I think, authoritarian moves. And the, and the key thing is, I've always thought. That the standard scare scenarios about fascism were naive, precisely because com- Trump is too incompetent to do it smoothly.
1: But well, he also has no troops. Hitler had a vast organization of brown shirts. Trump well, has nobody.
0: Oh, that's not true. He has nobody. He has, he has the guys who showed up in in Michigan with guns. He has, okay. That's
1: fifty people.
0: No, no they're all look. Here, here is here is my theory. Is that
1: he has some people, but he doesn't have. He doesn't Here have enough troops theory. to bring fascism to America.
0: Here is my theory. Is that whether, first of all, whether he can get away with something like the, uh, what's the name of the act that he didn't invoke that lets him send troops everywhere?
1: Insurrection the, Act. The
0: Insurrection Act. Whether he gets away with that, for starters, depends on how scared people are about social chaos. You know, there there is always going to be a level of chaos and fear that will let a leader get away with just about Ooh. anything.
1: And, but what and, is and, what
0: and, is your- okay, here's the, the next level which this almost this showed signs of reaching is is violent conflict between groups of Trump supporters and Trump's opponents. It almost happened in Philadelphia. There were these guys in Fishtown, a white working class neighborhood um, many of whom were not enthusiastic about the progressive gentrifiers uh, who had been in their midst for some time to begin with. They were walking around with things like baseball bat, golf club, hatchet. One guy had a hatchet. They're like milling around ready to go after the left, okay? They right. were they were very close. The police came and it didn't it didn't happen. They defused it. But that kind of, there was another instance somewhere where, where where you could see the stirrings. I'm just saying, I mean, there's a long time between now and the election. Trump has an interest in continuing to stir the pot. And I'm just saying that 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 is the level, like if you saw organized group conflict, violent conflict, people getting killed, Trump supporters versus opponents, and that went nationwide, at that point all bets are off. He would he would shut down Twitter, he would do whatever he had to, and I think he would get away with it. So that's my that's if, my scare if, scenario. If if there
1: if there's skirmishes between Fishtown and leftists and he shuts down Twitter. I think that's insane. Mickey. Plus, the idea, he, he's not going to be able to turn the National Guard to his will and turn them into his pawns. He's well, no, not going to turn have- the military into his pawns. He he, he still, he, he does not have the manpower or the organization or the organi- organizational ability, but forget that, the organization, to pull off any kind of authoritarian uh, coup, he doesn't, uh, there was a very good Ross Douthat column about this. He doesn't have what Orban has, even, in what Hungary. Is, what does
0: Orban have that he doesn't have?
1: He has a whole party apparatus of apparatchiks who are thousands of them for a country that's much smaller than ours, who are loyal to him, and, in and, and that's how they get their meal ticket. Trump has uh, two things. He has, he has Steve Bannon.
0: No. He has two things. He has a lot of support among enlisted people in the military, and those are the people in numbers. He has a lot of that support that may be dwindling, but but he has, still has a fair amount. He has a lot of supporters who are civilians but have guns. Okay, and you know you're saying one one fight in Fishtown. Well, look, uh, a, you know, nine days ago you would have said one protest in Minneapolis. Well, just like that, it went nationwide and big time. Things can go nationwide fast in this environment. Uh, especially with with media and social media feeding two totally different narratives to people, and so you think we
1: have a national civil informal civil war, and he uses that to assert some sort of fascistic power
0: well for for starters the insurrection act I mean he would get the troops sent and generals wouldn't resist if again if there's enough chaos it's not like generals are going to refuse to carry out his orders they, they he would he would get the troops I'm out for
1: there. I'm for invoking the insur- insurrection act the National right guard now? has the, yeah the National Guard has calmed things down Bob 32 states already have the National Guard deployed that's the right? National
0: guard that's not troops reporting to Trump that's troops reporting to the governors
1: well they get federalized and then they report to trump so uh that's what i don't want but they were federalized in la in the in the in in the riots i, I i'm sure some of them are federalized no i don't uh, think any are now except in in
0: dc there are troops who report to trump because dc is dc
1: do you think you, so you think it matters you, you, i think the insurrection act does the insurrection only apply to federalized national guard troops i guess so um,
0: well, I think the he, Insurrection Act he, allows he, him to send regular troops, let, let alone the
1: National Guard. I
0: believe it would allow him to send the 82nd Airborne. That's what Tom Cotton wanted, right?
1: Well, Eisenhower sent the 101st to uh, Arkansas. Okay, that's uh, what but, I mean. Um, in,
0: in, in a somewhat better so you, cause, I might say, but yeah.
1: Yeah, but, uh, but uh, you know, so okay, so your theory is he has the National Guard troops, they're there, they're under state control, he federalizes them and then... It's just the order to what?
0: Um, I think, uh, you know, again, it's all a function of how scared people get. So if people are scared enough, he, uh, you know, shuts down social media, which he said he would do 10 days ago.
1: Um, he shuts down. He, he, he shuts down. He refuses. The, the, he cancels. And when, and when the courts and when the courts says no, you can't do that. Then what happens?
0: Well, first of all, the courts are a lot less likely to defy him than they were before the, they 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 appointed so many judges over the last uh, over the last few years. Um, would the look? All I'm saying is, look, we did lock up Japanese Americans in World War II. It seems amazing now, but what that tells you is if Americans get scared enough, whether it's it's by a foreign threat or by the threat of domestic chaos, they're just like people everywhere else. If they get scared enough, they'll put up with almost anything, and if tr- including canceling an election, including Trump saying, "Well, we can't have an election amid this," believe me. I, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that the chances are even ten percent of this happening. I'm saying they're higher than 1% of things getting a lot weirder than we imagine right now.
1: Well, you've made it more plausible than it was before when I was accused of aiding the fascist takeover of America. But I think it's pretty far-fetched. I mean, the most likely result is that people will get disgusted and Trump will lose the election 60-40, which he may do anyway.
0: Well, he, he, uh, he, he I, may. I don't, he's
1: not a he's not a court defying guy. He hasn't defied a court yet.
0: The last thing I, I want to say just in my defense to fend off the, uh, uh, the conservative blowback I'll get is, you know, if you ask what's put me in this kind of alarmed state, a non-trivial part of it is watching the way progressives are reacting on social media, on cable news. They seem to me completely irrational. They they, they seem just in, I, I mean, not all of them, but they look at these partial videos of cops doing something. They have no knowledge of what led up to it. They don't, you know, they don't, they don't know. what well, was it curfew? Was and it they this say way? there's going to be
1: a fascist takeover America. Isn't that what you just did? Yeah. Well, no, that's <laughs> the point. I
0: am not, I am not succumbing to that kind of bait. I'm, I'm telling you what worries me is the fact that so many people are succumbing to that kind of bait on both left and right. And, 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 you really should watch one of Tucker Carlson's riffs. That guy is scary. The, uh. Um, Why is he oh,
1: scary? I sort of like the riffs I've seen.
0: Oh man. The video, the one video he showed, I'm pretty sure it was him. And, and, and like, you just imagine the punch this packs. It, it was totally unlike all the others. What it was was the guy filming was clearly a black guy. There's a white woman, a protester, social justice warrior, whatever. And he says, Can you get down on your knees and ask forgiveness for your privilege? She gets, you know, and she like gets down on his knees or knees, it's something like this. I'm not getting exactly right. And she says, Now now ask forgiveness. And she says, I, I yeah, I just can't quite think of the right words. I, I'm just saying, you imagine some of the Fox News audience. You got a black man telling a white woman to get down on her knees, and and uh, you know I, I needn't go on to tell you what some people in Fox News's audience are thinking. And Tucker Carlson knows that damn well. He knows what kind of dark stuff he's playing with, but he's completely unprincipled.
1: He's completely unprincipled. You think it's playing on? They're coming for our women. Uh you troop? might say. Um.
0: I mean, it was a totally fear, ridiculous thing. It, make, it makes me, you know, embarrassed that she and I are both progressives, because it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's like, lady, you were born with
1: your privilege. You don't have to apologize for it. Um, you know? Th- it, well, uh, okay, well, maybe Tucker's... play. I I, I I, think Tucker is smart enough to know all the implications of what he's showing. I, yeah. I liked his attack on Jared Kushner. That's the part I saw. He's um, good. He's good. But, he's good. Uh, but um... Uh, you know my, my attitude uh before you outline this 0. 0001% of a dark percent chance of a dark outcome is the national guard is what happens when when they're the people that that end the end the riots and looting that's what happened in LA in 92 every city where they've been deployed yep they've calmed things down new york hasn't been deployed and new york yeah. is still a mess okay it didn't work so, out at
0: kent state very well but you often it works out kent gone. state
1: was bad yeah but it th- 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 was Anyway, the that um, was
0: I think that was the National Guard. Yes,
1: was the, yeah, it yeah was probably the state National Guard. Yes, um, well,
0: I, well, it tends but, to be. That's the point. It tends to but be that's sort of what happened.
1: Given this asymmetry problem, the undermanning uh, and the fact that. You know, there's just not enough police to stop this sort of thing. They need reinforcement. That's what the LA mayor did. He he, he declared at the beginning of the week, "We are not going to send. For, we're not going to ask for the National Guard." And then he saw that his police were badly overmanned, and he asked for the National Guard. And now we have the National Guard, and and things are looking a little quieter.
0: Fine, but as I understand it, they are under the governor's control, so I'm not alarmed.
1: Okay. You the- um no, I I understand. You think that somehow. The fact that Trump uh, again, has formal control of the forces of
0: in motion on both sides. The
1: National Guard is going to have pitched battles with the woke people, or they're going to stir up a war between the woke people and the Fishtown people. What's going to happen? No,
0: uh, I think it's within Trump's power to stir up a war between the the you know I mean. Right. Uh, so what's
1: what does the National Guard get in?
0: Well, first of all, a key step here is is we have a bunch of troops under Trump's authority. You know, I and understand he, the and he and he says, "Go shut down the Los Angeles Times or something. Go occupy the Los Angeles Times. The law says they're supposed to obey. That's what the law he, says,
1: right?" And then, and there's an immediate injunction from a court, and then what, what? happens? That's I just not going to happen. But it is immediate. I mean, he's not that ballsy, but uh, I don't know.
0: Or, or the sheer, or the sheer uh sense of oppression at the individual level, you know. Uh uh people occupying I don't know, soldiers occupying this or that, shutting down social media. I just um I I, I I worry and I worry about the the conflict itself. I mean I don't think uh extensive civil conflict is as uh unlikely as some people think.
1: Yeah, okay. Um Well, you're crazy paranoid, but not quite as crazy as I thought at the beginning of this. Um the, Thank you. Uh, Coming the, from a crazy paranoid, oh, oh, really—that's a compliment. I've been outdone. Also, uh, and uh, no, I do sense for social fragility in a way that didn't exist before. That sort of dovetails with my, with what I was saying at the beginning. But um, I don't think it's going to happen. And I think it, it's more than anything, tr- it's more what I call the—I don't know what—I uh, guess the best I've been able to come up with is the Trump crudies theory: is sensible, sensible solutions. When advocated by Trump, suddenly half the country opposes them because mm-hmm. they advocated by Trump. That happened with the border wall. That happened with, uh, uh, you know, the National Guard recently. Uh, and there's a third one here that I can't read, but, uh, oh, uh, chloroquine. We, we, wow. all of a sudden chloroquine get got politicized and you couldn't just say, let's see what the studies say. You have to like be, if you were against Trump, you have to be against chloroquine. Okay. you have to be against, agree, the law, as you know. And you have to be against, uh, sending in the National Guard, which is a totally ordinary. Well, that's, that's been complicated because multiple times in American history. And it seems to have a beneficial effect. Well, again, I think and the question so why is, not?
0: is whether they're under the governor's authority. But anyway, on chloroquine, I agree that still hasn't been given a fair shake. And as you know, the study I complained about that I has now fallen into deeper question. Um, the, the, the study that seemed to show it contributes to death. And I pointed out that it was a study that didn't seem worth paying any attention to. It turns out there's a whole nother reason to not pay attention to that. The very foundation of the data is now in question. I mean, we don't right. have to dwell on that, but, but that study led to, you know, anyway, pr- I, I, agree, much, I agree really, with your point that, that there's too much reactivity to Trump and things yeah, he there, endorses. There,
1: there's a, um, there's a sort of a, a different point involving this chloroquine study, which is, uh, the WHO, e- even though everybody, e- e- seemingly every person who knows what they're doing who looked at this study said it like you, it's crap. Okay. Yeah. And the WHO looked at the study and they, as you said last time, they paused right. the trial that right. was going to tell us whether this stuff worked or not right that was a true controlled
0: study America
1: there's an American study they did not pause the study they looked at the data and they looked at what was happening with their people and they said no let's keep this going okay that was the right call the WHO made the wrong call Trump has pulled out of the WHO or he says he's going to and people like the Dan Dresner's of the world are saying uh oh, we should work from within to transform the WHO. It's counterproductive and destructive to pull out. And I look at it and I I think of Albert Hirschman's theory of exit, voice, and loyalty. Uh, Exit meaning uh, if you don't like an institution, you leave. And, and, and go to, try to form a new institution and voice means you stay and try to use your voice to change the institution. Almost always exit is more effective than voice. It's easier to not go to a restaurant than to teach the chef how to cook. So, why are we, why, why stick with the WHO and try to somehow turn it around? That seems to be an almost impossible job. You have to, you have tenured bureaucrats there. You have to start at the top and change the culture well, one by one the while they the- while, while they're, while they have countervailing pressures to suck up to China. Forget it. Start your new organization. It's much easier.
0: I don't accept the premise that the WHO is deeply flawed. As I said last week, I think the reason they had to stop that study is because so many of the doctors participating in it from various countries said, I don't want to go on with this, and they were kind of stuck. But the, um you know... Well, that it, would be it, a flaw. Look, look, the main shortcomings of the WHO, as with so many institutions, international institutions, are that it's just not very powerful. And if you ask why aren't these institutions more powerful... It tends to be the case that the U.S. doesn't want them to be, and it has kept them from being more powerful. The the WHO is only as strong as as its members. It has very little actual authority.
1: The WHO has has to suck up to China. That's the problem.
0: That's right, because it, 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 uh, it has to kind of cajole information out of countries. Right. Well, that's, a, that's an institutional failing that so, the U.S. is so as responsible should, for as anybody else. We should
1: use the Insurrection Act to give them a National Guard so they can go get the information I from I am China. in
0: favor of the WHO invoking the Insurrection Act yes, and sending <laughs> okay, troops globally. Well, yes. Well, we, that, found yeah.
1: a, we found a way to found, employ all these soldiers who are going to be out of work a, otherwise. We
0: found common ground, Mickey. <laughs> okay. Um, the, 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 I, uh, I do th- – um, so wait, uh, as long as you're on the subject of the pandemic, aren't you worried about, I mean, two things. The, 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 this, all of these protests cannot help but have done at least some spreading of the virus. The other thing they've done is now made it so that, uh, the anti-lockdown people can blame the protesters if there is a resurgence and say the problem right. wasn't ending like lockdown. So it's turned the tables rhetorically.
1: Yes, it's, it's been a tremendous, uh, boon to the anti-lockdown people. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's the, um, that's the positive scenario is maybe the anti-lockdown people are right and all these demonstrations actually forced the left to agree to do the thing loosening up that will work. We don't know that, we don't have enough data to assess whether that's true or not. And the other thing is it's possible that the scary effect of the demonstrations in terms of keeping the silent majority at home outweighed the spreading effect of the demonstrators who actually showed up and congregated. Well, you, it's, conceivably,
0: it's, but that's not the way the rhetoric will play out. And And, and you know, I want to add, I see the argument. I mean, the people who are saying, wait a second, we couldn't go to church, which is very meaningful to us, but because these protests are meaningful to you, now suddenly the rules are, you know... Are suspended? I, I think right. that's, that's, that's a question that deserves totally attention. It, it's, it's a legitimate question.
1: And at some point, I think it becomes a constitutional issue. If de Blasio says, well, the protests that I like can go on, but the protests that I don't like violate social distancing rules, you, you have a, you have a, a, a basic, you know, censoring of, of viewpoint speech. And there's a, uh, I think incoherent, but a, uh, a, a venerable line of supreme court opinion saying if the decisive factor is what the, you know what what's the content on the placard what is the what does the placard say you can't discriminate on this basis it violates the equal protection clause anyway um so yes i agree with that uh i i i i don't have that much to add about the the pandemic since i think this has been. This will offer a great empirical test as to whether social distancing uh, was worth it. Well, but it doesn't. We because, don't know yet
0: because lockdown ended at roughly the same time, so it'll totally confound the variables.
1: Well, no, because both of them led to more more interactions well, right. and and more spread of disease, supposedly. Right.
0: Well, I, I yeah yeah.
1: So I if, mean, if, if 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 the result is that there, if the result is that there's no spike. In deaths, then, then the anti-lockdown people have won. No?
0: Well, or spike in cases. I mean, that's in a way. I mean, as as I suggested last week, we may be getting better at preventing the death, the death, lowering the ra- the ratio of deaths to cases. Uh, well, then the anti lo-
1: if, if 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 it just results in a flu that goes away, then the anti-lockdown people are right. It's not worth it.
0: Well, they're right for a different reason. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. they're not right because it, because uh, lockdown was but it's not preventing it, the spread. It could cause
1: lasting horrible damage and not kill you. I agree. Um yeah, it's just weird. I mean um, so but I have nothing to add on on the lockdown front other than uh it's like that old you know we we had the lockdown uh and the curfew on top of the lock, the riot curfew on top of the lockdown and it's a little like it feels like such a relief to be just be in the lockdown again. Uh <laughs> it's like it's like it's like the old story about the ra- you go to the rabbi and say, I lost my wife and and my job. And the rabbi says, take in a goat. And you come back the next week and say, I still feel crap. He says, take in a sheep. And, you know, and the next day, take in a cow. And then at the end, he says, R- Rabbi, I'm losing my mind. And he says, well, get those animals out of there, Jesus. <laughs> you know, so then you feel fine. So they got rid of the, um, they got rid of the, 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 you know the, the curfew, and suddenly the lockdown feels like incredible freedom. And I can go walk in the park.
0: It's incre- yes, if a social unrest does not rear its head anew. I mean, who knows what will happen? Uh, well, it's Friday. Who knows what will happen tonight? Right now, are you um are you glued to the TV set during much of this?
1: No, because I don't have cable. You don't have I, cable. You're I don't a have cable. Cutter? I'm not a cord cutter. I'm 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 living in a place I have moved into that has a lot of problems and. Getting cable is not tops on my list. It's too
0: bad. This is almost the only time that that uh, cable news is interesting to me. Is watching is watching the uh, different styles of reporting from the different cable.
1: Well, it's networks. true that since all I'm producing is tweets, I might as well have cable. Cable gets in the way of writing anything longer because you have no attention span. Right. But as uh, it has. As but, it has. Uh, the, um, uh, I have. So, I have one more Trump-related point. Okay. Wait, um, at, at the beginning of the week, it's before the George Floyd thing. It looked like there was going to be a big fuss over Trump's uh, opposition to Jeff Sessions. I don't think we talked about this last week.
0: Uh, I so, think we did. I think we did mention Sessions, didn't we? Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I would before this week. I would. I would like. Uh, I, you know, I think Trump has a big second-term problem, which is. Why are we looking forward to a Trump second term? He doesn't have to please the base, so people like me who want immigration control. Bob, your hair looks totally out of control.
0: Well, the pandemic's you know, like been going a on a si- while, and we're finally heading into a racerhead territory.
1: You look like a mad scientist. You look like the guy from Back to the Future. Christopher, what is name anyway? You don't think it's a good look? <laughs> no, it's a terrible look it's like this is the madman who predicts fascism in America don't believe him (laughs) okay so um anyway uh, there's no there's no seeming controls on Trump in the second term whether or not he's a fascist he 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 um he will be free of the need to please the base yeah you don't want to he will be he has gotten rid of all the people in the White House who tell him no and replace them with uh, with uh people who tell him yes except for Jared Kushner who is his own independent force who Trump apparently can't get rid of who is assuming more and more <laughs> duties so do you want, you don't you want um, you want you want uh, you want Jared Kushner to be running the United States government I mean the in the second term I mean there, there's a whole there's a whole uh, scenario that my friend Ryan Jurduski outlined which I think is true is the reason Trump looked so weak hiding in his bunker for four days before the Monday speech uh, without doing anything, without giving a speech to address the unrest, without playing the Nixon card or any card was because Jared was out of town celebrating a holiday. They had to wait till right. President Kushner came back before they can set, a, set on a, settle on a policy. So what does that tell you? It tells you that Jared is running things. So uh, do you want that? And the Sessions uh The sessions election is a is is a it's in this situation where as as um, well it's this situation where Trump needs to be whacked on the head with a two by four and said no you don't have total control the base can sometimes tell you no you're wrong you know stop this and voting for Sessions in in Alabama in July is a way for them to do that and that's why I thought it was important that Ann Coulter like. Went berserk and started tweeting madly against Trump's, uh, opposition to sessions, which is Trump's is insane and obsessed and egomaniacal and petty. Uh, and he's endorsed a guy who doesn't believe in his agenda. If he, at least what we thought was his agenda and is opposing a guy who does believe in his agenda. Uh, so Trump is wrong and he needs to be told he is wrong. And, and you know, if that's not the occasion, we need some occasion where Trump gets whacked on the head with a two by four and realizes no, he's not in total control. Uh, and maybe he should, maybe people aren't really happy with Jared Kushner running things in the White House. So, uh, uh, you know, Tucker did his best. Tucker did, you know, Tucker did whack him with a two by four, uh, when he, in, in a long diatribe against Kushner, uh, it remains to be seen if that has any effect. It may just contribute to a general Trump meltdown. This is an
0: embarrassing question, but catch me up to speed on the uh, Sessions thing. Has the primary happened?
1: The primary got postponed, I think, to July 14th. Okay.
0: So, so uh, and the second thing, is there any chance at all that, that the seat goes Democratic? There's not, right? It's a question of which Republican?
1: Oh, there's a definite chance. I mean, one of the argue oh. it, 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 the Republican primary is – is oh that's right we talked about this because it's a guy named Tuberville, right? And Jeff Sessions, and uh and we don't know what the goods, what goods they have on Tuberville. If they have goods on Tuberville, they're not the Democrats and the media are not going to deploy them now. They're going right. to wait till he's the nominee and then dump them on and We all, we know there's some things. So we know I'm he from was
0: Tuberville. In, okay, good. We know, I just want to know. I just know just he was, to remind myself I who doubt that
1: they have anything like they had on Roy Moore. I yeah, doubt no, that. I'm, he, I'm a
0: Tuberville man when it comes to the I primary.
1: Da- uh, right. I doubt, I, but, um, there is a, there is a, a chance that he gets nominated and then there's a huge scandal and he loses.
0: Okay. So you're possibly my only friend who's concerned that Jeff Sessions may not be in the Senate, uh, next year. But tell me outl- this, Here like-
1: I've outlined the larger implications of it, Bob, and you just ignore it. Okay. Them.
0: I didn't mean to be dismissive, but speaking of larger implications, so you're worried, well, you're envisioning a second Trump. Term does this mean you're no longer the well? How do you think this this thing has played out so far? Uh, you know the whole the whole the, the the social unrest as far as Trump's own prospects go. Now the betting markets have have flipped over the last uh, couple of weeks and are now pro Biden at least as of yesterday. Um, the betting
1: markets are weird. I was pro Biden like months ago and they were still thinking Trump will win. Now I now I'm, I mean Trump is losing white voters. Okay, and he's losing evangelicals. He's losing Catholics. Uh he can't afford to lose those people. But, but,
0: but things are very fluid. Uh, and and I don't think right. the, I don't
1: think the current thing has
0: played out yet politically. I mean we, we, right. we're there's, just now starting to see polls that take into account, you know, the Lafayette Square thing. We have
1: not and and, and it, uh it's it's possible he calms things down, the anti lockdown forces win, there's no bad consequences, the economy opens up. Certainly the economic numbers were startlingly not as bad as expected this yeah, morning. They were
0: apparently surprisingly uh, and
1: uh and um the economy comes roaring back and he becomes a sort of a uh a, a law and order person who used the National Guard to good effect, not to fascistic effect. And uh and um the Democrats are, you know, nominating a guy who's not all there. So it's, it's, it's the uh, the interesting the interesting thing in terms of Biden being not all there is uh, something that Scott Adams, the Dilbert cartoonist, pointed out, and Trump is, supporter, right? He's, yeah. uh, he pointed out that Kamala, Kamala Harris has vastly improved her speaking style. She's totally transformed herself. I think she's if, a if, good if, speaker. If you ignore, but his, she's gone to Michael Sheehan or some sort of Democratic voice coach. She's she, she she she's lost the Valley Girl giggly bullshit, and she she talks like a president now. If you turn off the sound. Uh and and that indicates that she's she's a much more plausible candidate maybe people won't hate her this time. Uh she, she did some people, radical people did not tweet. did not like her in the primaries.
0: She did some radical tweet that I wish I could remember. I don't think it was quite defund the police but it was like um anyway I, I've always thought she was a good speaker but tell me about these other two entries that I'm suddenly hearing about. You're better versed than I am.
1: No, I'm not. Val, Val Demings? Val Demings,
0: yes, and Keisha, or Keisha Lance Bottoms, who I guess is the mayor of Atlanta. Now, Val Demings is a former police chief, right? And she's from where? They're both African-American. She's from
1: Florida somewhere. And, they, the, and um, they've
0: moved, uh, I think as a result of the last week, they moved toward the top of the list of Biden
1: Um, well, Bottoms ba- gave this terrific speech saying that people shouldn't loot. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and she doesn't have the baggage of actually being a cop the way Demings does. So, yeah. uh, I guess you could argue, but, um, uh, that's all I know. Uh, I, yeah. I, I find it hard to believe that Biden would nominate each of them. Uh, like most people, I think it depends on whether Biden feels he has a personal chemistry with them. Maybe he can develop one. He's not an unlikable guy, so it's possible. Uh huh. Uh, but, um, Anyway, that but it I you know, that that's all I know. It's uh, but I all I know is that I thought it was interesting that Harris sort of uh, uh did some of the things she would have to do to be worthy of the vice presidential oh, sure nomination.
0: I'm sure she's campaigning. But I've always thought she was a pretty good speaker. I mean I, I was disappointed in her um well, I needn't get, go into it. I've never been super impressed by her, but I thought I've always thought the one thing she could do is stand up and like give a good TED talk or something.
1: Yeah. I've always thought she she was a vapid, contentless careerist. But now she's uh a little more left-wing than that. Part of her problem is the same problem that the New York Times has, which is they all have sta- staffs made out of millennials that push them way too far to the left. That was an amazing segue. So, it was an incredible segue, Bob. I, I want to Let's talk about
0: the Tom Cotton op-ed.
1: Well, so you know, the, so the, James caricature, the caricature of the elite media in New York is they're a bunch of sensible old boomer and maybe younger than that editors, and they're held captive by their woke millennial staff. And they can't even go to the office anymore because the woke millennial staff will yell at them if they publish anything that makes the woke millennial staff scared. And the New York Times behaved in a way that completely confirmed this caricature of the media in the left. And I think they've done okay. themselves quite a bit of damage by running sure. this op-ed by Tob Cotton, which was... Wait, pretty they, watered down and anodyne op-ed. He said much worse things. Right, they did
0: damage by running it or by no effectively by, by, by running it and and, by it. running it
1: and then being intimidated into somehow repudiating it, although, and saying it was a mistake. And I mean, our friend, our friend James Bennett had the easiest hmm. job in journalism, which was make the New York Times editorial page better. It was worse. It was terrible. It was an embarrassment to the paper, and he's pretty much failed. Well, he uh, well, he's got the hardest job in
0: America. Well, it turns out it was hard because Melania's job, which is it
1: turns out it was hard because the the entrenched forces of liberalism, fortified by the millennials, made it basically impossible mm-hmm. to do the job well. Now so, we should uh, we should
0: say you know he, as you, know, you he, suggested by the by way of full disclosure we both know him he was an intern at the New Republic back in the days when. uh Happily, you and I had higher social status than his, which we sadly no longer do. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a good guy. Uh, I, what was your re- – so when I uh, – so I read the piece and I'm like, oh shit, do we really need – you know, I, I never welcome hearing from Tom Cotton, but I didn't anticipate
1: the blowback he got.
0: Um, well,
1: he, I didn't, did- he didn't say his, you know, inflammatory – expression of show them no quarter uh, and there are a lot of other inflammatory things that were not in that piece he just said they should call out the National Guard well he did have that phrase in there right show them no quarter no that was in a tweet he did a week earlier okay um uh, no he, he uh,
0: said he, he he said some things like that were you know characteristically like I did a piece in the newsletter maybe we can link to about his earlier New York Times op-ed piece. Uh, which I thought was kind of dumb and, 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 but, but, but it doesn't matter how dumb it was because I think the question of whether you run it hinges on whether, you know, look, we, whether your view of the Times Up Ed page is as this just window on the range of opinion and one, uh, criterion for whether, whether something is part of the range of opinion that's covered in the Times Up Ed page is Is it an opinion held by like both the president and a prominent center, which in this case it is, you know, the op-ed was about uh, invoking the insurrection act, doing what Trump wanted to do. And I can certainly see the case. I can certainly see James's case, although apparently James hadn't read that. And and we should say James is James took the brunt. But James is the head of the whole opinion section, including the editorials. There is an editor, at least there was in the old days, just of the op-ed page per se. I don't know who it is now. But one job of that person is to know when there's a piece you should show to your higher-up, the person who is editor of the whole opinion page. Apparently, James did not – it's been reported that James didn't even see this piece. And, and if so, you could argue that he's not the one who screwed up. But
1: in any event – Somebody um, at the Times – it was a solicited piece. Somebody asked Cotton to submit it.
0: Well, so it's possible he was in on that but didn't read it. Who knows? Um Look, I, I, I think when the president is advocating something – It's not crazy to say. Well, let's find a reasonably articulate version of the argument. You're certainly never going to get that from Trump himself. Tom Cotton at least speaks in complete sentences. He's. I think he's crazy. Can I? Here's. Here's. Can I I just interlude just to show you how crazy Tom Cotton is? You'll. You'll be glad I did this. Don't roll your eyes. You're going to be glad. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for not rolling your eyes. Listen, Tom Cotton when he was in the House, offered an amendment to a bill that would punish for up to 20 years in prison not only uh, people in Iran who violate sanctions, but also uh, any of their relatives. Um, And he listed the relatives included. Parents, children, aunts, uncles, nephews, nieces, grandparents, great-grandparents, grandkids, great-grandkids. He said that. And he, he he used the word, he said, are, automatically they would be punished. The kin, the relatives would be punished automatically. And then he said, quote, I sympathize with their plight if they are harmless, innocent civilians in Iran, but I doubt that that is often the case.
1: In other words, this is these are Iranians
0: or Americans? You know, I'm reading this paragraph I did about it. And he clearly, the quote he definitely is, I sympathize with their plight if they are harmless, innocent civilians in Iran, but I doubt that that is often the case. Now, there's most Iranians are probably you should just put in prison because Iranians are so bad, let alone that they are just the great grandparents of someone who violated the same. I mean, this guy's crazy. And, and let me just say, it was after this that Bill Crystal swooped in with tons of money and uh you know i mean right wing pro israel money largely and decided to make tom cotton a superstar and and, and they got and bill crystal him. has
1: that much power i don't think so I
0: oh think so. oh oh i think bill crystal one thing he's good at is positioning himself at the nexus of a lot of cash flow that's mm. like his main thing i mean the, he, uh, he is look the free i don't know exactly the details but free beacon Emergency Committee for Israel. He was in on the founding of the Weekly Standard. He's good at getting things funded.
1: Okay. The um. Uh, but I hate to tell you, Bob, Cotton is – I just realized that Cotton is a logical post-Trump Republican candidate because if you look for uh, the guys who might unify the party, I mean, they, they can't go back to just the old pre-Trump Paul Ryanism – uh, neocon on foreign policy and, uh, you know, free market, uh, you know, austerity on domestic social programs because that's obviously been rejected. They have to save part of that coalition and the part that can be saved is the neocon foreign policy and Cotton is the guy who connects, who can bring along the neocons on foreign policy with a Trumpy, Domestic policy on trade and immigration, unlike Josh Hawley, who is against the neocon foreign policy, I suspect. Is he? So, I think so, yeah. So, uh, it, 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 so Cotton is the, log- he, he, he's the guy who can bring together enough of the old Republicans, i.e. the neocons and the new Republicans, i.e. the immigration people, uh, to win the nomination. Uh, so get used to it. So you think he can bring the never
0: Trump neocons back into the fold? Jennifer Rubin, David Frum. I mean, they have. Well, you know, uh, they have. Bringing- yeah, I think they have dissed him in the meanwhile. Uh, you know, after having joined the resistance, I know Jennifer Rubin did big time. I was impressed.
1: Well, don't tell me Jennifer Rubin has power too. Oh my God! Yeah, you're going to. Of course she does. She has. A, she has a huge
0: Twitter following and a column in the Washington Post.
1: Oh please but she she doesn't have bill crystal's power.
0: No, I mean she doesn't have she doesn't have fundraising power the
1: way crystal okay, well. It seems to me that a lot of the neocons if they have a neocon nominee are going to come, come along and support him. Uh they as you say they supported Cotton for years and uh and you well, know, yeah, but a lot depends of is, how much how much power do you think they have in the Republican Party? I think they have a lot. They don't have okay, majority well, it, of it, power, but they have maybe I don't know. That's thirty look, percent of the Never Trump movement, maybe I don't know.
0: Look, any any uh, ascendancy of neocons, as you know, worries me. Uh, I, I, I'm just saying there would have to be a, a, a mending of fences in the case of Cotton. If you're talking about the Never Trump neocons. Uh, which could certainly happen. I mean, look, they they drifted left in the first place to join the 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 never I mean, Trump resistance.
1: Yeah, I mean, they'd rather have Rubio, who is carefully positioning himself uh, in this space. Oh, but totally. Th- the key thing to remember about Rubio is he doesn't vet. Do we know you that? It? You worried about Tuberville? Things coming out about Tuberville? Huh. Rubio has a lot more. Well, why
0: didn't we learn that uh, in 2016 then?
1: Because Chris Christie took him out before it got dropped.
0: That was an excellent takeout.
1: That was like a suicide bombing. Chris, well,
0: he, Christie, took
1: it, he took himself out, but Chris exactly. Christie was the Christie exactly. was the was the. Oh, but,
0: oh no, but Christie! I mean, that was amazing the vehicle. But um, that was so, the one good yeah. thing Chris Christie's done.
1: It's one of the better days of my life in the last few years. Why you don't like Rubio? No, I hate Rubio. he's an immigration
0: reformer. He was in the
1: Gang of Eight that proposed the awful Gang of Eight immigration bill, and then he tried to walk away from it, of course. So, Uh,
0: wait, but this is tantalizing. You're saying there are details from Rubio's personal life that will come... I mean,
1: I, I think Romney, you know, he didn't... Romney thought of him for his vice presidential pick, and he didn't pass Romney's vetting. What is the nature of these details? i i I don't want to go in because I don't know how much of it has been public or not, but uh animal vegetable, mineral or sexual i well the, the, there was some sexual or, stuff, but I don't think it amounts to much these days. Was it animal, vegetable or mineral there's the foam party he was' supposedly <laughs> supposedly at a foam party um no, I think it's you know his is his uh his family background what
0: do you mean? Oh, what organized crime? Read,
1: read Annie Bardak's piece in Politico. Goes into it in detail. Why don't you say most of the time, Mickey? Because I don't remember how much Annie revealed publicly in the piece or not. So I'm she's she's forgiving. Just tell us in, read read Annie Bardak's piece in Politico. We'll include it in the links and watch the movie Scarface, and you'll have everything you need to know.
0: Okay, this will be on the hitch TV site. The links if you click anyway, links mentioned at the bottom of the video thing.
1: Um so uh so get used to Tom Cotton.
0: Oh please. He's he's nuts. He is nuts. Okay.
1: Um I mean he's so much know, worse
0: than just a regular neocon.
1: You know who his legislative chief legislative aide is? I don't know. Bill Crystal's son.
0: Oh right, I wrote that. It's true. Yes, I can confirm that.
1: Uh, I've yeah. talked to him. He's a very smart guy, of course.
0: You know who the original editor of uh Free Beacon was?
1: Bill Crystal's son-in-law.
0: Exactly. I'm telling hey. you, I'm telling you, you, this guy has his tentacles everywhere.
1: I'm on a roll. Ask me another one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um
0: That's it. That's the he only has two okay. tentacles, I guess, because I can't think of anything else to ask. Um so, wait, is there anything else we should talk about uh uh Tom cotton uh. I mean, I will say I, I you know, I strained to understand the logic of the people who were freaking out about the Tom cotton op ed, and I guess that what they would say is if uh, well, maybe not what they'd say, but if there was a version of their argument I was sympathetic to it would be something like, well, these times are, I mean, I'm the one concerned about authoritarianism. Right. And, and I, I guess it's like if things are so extraordinary that Jim Mattis is finally unloading on Trump, if there's such extraordinary danger, then maybe the New York Times should change its criteria for, its, you know, accepting well, they, the answers. I don't know. But I guess that would be the argument. They,
1: there's that. They buy your theory of the road to authoritarianism right, and right. leads through the National Guard. and uh, Not the National they, Guard, per se the federalized national guard
0: and regular soldiers the 82nd airborne tom cotton literally said send out the 80 doesn't that in itself frighten
1: you a little well the, that's backup, not what they plan, the backup, for. backup they were plan is to the They were trained to blow people away for, first but there's all this stuff about how how uh you know the 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 the, the soldiers aren't trained for policing and they're, they are you know that's true so you try the police if the police doesn't work then you have you to call the, the soldiers police. yeah you have to call the soldiers they're guys with guns who scare people sure. so and yeah. if the national guard doesn't work you call the 101st airborne they're they're guys you know that doesn't work you, train water- guys you do waterboard guns. randomly selected the, citizens um, yeah I
0: see you're right but it's no cool.
1: but that's the plan and if you were serious about you know stopping unrest that would be your plan the only thing stopping you would be if you're worried that trump is going to somehow order these people to start a civil war to suspend the election and well, i just I, think that's pretty far fetched
0: can i just say it's because i have actual concerns that i personally wish these protests would kind of wind down before more bad stuff yeah. happens and it all gets ramped yeah. up and and, now, and 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 i mean i'm kind of old fashioned and I I my ideal version of a protest is a pro, is a protest that has kind of actual demands. Like my criticism of the occupy stuff was like demand something. I mean I mean what are you going to do? Just stay in
1: the park forever? If you don't have any demands, you can never declare victory. It's, but it was it's it, hard it's it, it's difficult because you go to the park, you have demands, you're peaceful, you go home, you've accomplished maybe nothing. Uh it's if you go to the park and break some windows, you probably get more attention and you people will say, oh, damn, they're breaking windows. We better do something. So the impetus to, to, to go to the police and start some sort of confrontation is there if you want to be effective. I, I felt that in the anti-war movement. I was always against breaking windows, uh, but I can't say that the breaking of windows didn't help the anti-war movement. It obviously helped the anti-war movement. I'm now ready to write an article for Slate about how violence is necessary for social change.
0: I think that's what it'll I can get my old get an job back. In Slate these days.
1: They've um, written that article. I can get my old job back. Good luck. Um, the uh, uh, but obviously the New York Times people uh see see it is more of a magazine of opinion, okay? They don't want it to publish views they disagree with, the same way at The New Republic, for example. You don't have to publish news you disagree with. When we were at The New Republic, we were blessed, it turns out, I think, by an owner who, A, had radically different views from some of the editors on some issues, and a collection of people who would write Tom Cotton-like op-eds, and he was also a very tolerant person, so he wanted a diverse, uh, at least a limited diversity of views, all the way from neocon to neocon on uh, social to, policy to, li- to liberal to, hawk to no to, on no, no, policy. No, but he had a liberal peace. Nick Rick Hertzberg as editor, oh, and, oh, and
0: even pe- some of my stuff. He tol- you know, he tolerated. And, and, and
1: Kinsley's a peacenik, so so he was. A, he's a tolerant academic yeah, personality. True, and that turned out to be good, and it solved this dilemma of you know how do you have sufficient diversity if you only publish if you're a magazine, and uh, the New York Times I don't think has that culture. Uh, so th- it's basically going to be more monotonic, and it's not going to hurt them because the woke people have money and people want to read a publication that reinforces their views. So they're, well, they're not going to suffer for this, maybe a little bit in respect and prestige. And at some point, if they start going – I mean, the key thing is uh, they feel unsafe and uncomfortable with opinions that scare them, okay? What do they do about facts that scare them, Okay they want to They want to ban the Tom Cotton opinion will they ban the inconvenient facts and at some point there's going to be a confrontation between the old style journalists like Maggie Haberman who want to report the facts with spin and bias but they, if, if something happens they're going to report it and the new style people who are going to want to suppress it and that's where the schism is going to be when the Maggie Habermans split off from the woke people and I don't know what happens then
0: I wouldn't, I I, I wouldn't want to make the distinction too cleanly between, like, enlightened, uh, people who wanted to run that op-ed and, uh, benighted people who didn't. I mean, Barry Weiss was, was very pro op-ed and I've made the case before that, uh, you know, she and her fellow IDWers are not uniform in their insistence on Free and untrammeled speech, you know. Uh. What, what,
1: well, what's the, what's the example of that?
0: Well, I wrote a piece about this too in my newsletter, non-zero newsletter, but it was, uh, the, the example I used was this was when Trump had just done this thing where, um, he basically, he banned, uh, he, he used, is it Title Nine that, uh, that, that bans various kinds of discrimination on campus or allows the federal government to implement anti-discriminatory policies of various kinds of title lines. Probably. So he, he used that. He, he did an executive order using that to, uh, kind of ban anti-Semitic speech or something. But then he used as his definition of anti-Semitic Semitic speech oh, right, right. A, 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 a criterion that wasn't actually meant to be used that way. And it could well, uh, just taking it face value could have meant that if somebody on a panel discussion says, uh, the Israeli forces in the West Bank use Gestapo-like tactics, which obvi- uh, I mean, uh, arguably they have done in some cases, uh, that the federal government would have the power to, to deny federal funding, to withdraw federal funding from a college that permitted that speech. I mean, that's how extreme it was. And so I went and I looked at all the IDW people basically i mean uh, we can link to the piece barry weiss did not condemn it and and her one or two tweets tended toward you know, the, tended towards support for it and, and and that's 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 what i mean by inconsistency this was well, a glaring they, example of unwarranted constraints well, but
1: the the, the the people who support running the cotton editorial are not i mean they're not a, barry weiss who wrote some tweets about it but they they don't they're more than Barry Weiss. Barry Weiss. No, that's is, my point. Just
0: I'm just saying, amazing. not all of them um, are are uh, are unequivocal. I, I'm just saying some so, of them, uh, some of them have a support for Tom Cotton per se right. that he, probably derives from a specific ideological affinity. I think,
1: it, I think the answer would be that one of them does. Well, okay, <laughs> but she's a yeah.
0: prominent one. I mean, she's at well, the Times.
1: It, along with you know I, I guess but you know and she tweets about it the other the interesting thing will be whether brett stevens goes along with uh, or whether he objects and if he writes a column uh defending bennett and defending the piece whether they tr- then turn on him as they've tried before uh and make life so unpleasant for him that he like, leaves well, i can't
0: believe he'll condemn the running of the piece right that that he wouldn't do no
1: that. no he'd be condemning the Right. The woke millennials who
0: no, but I mean the question yeah. is whether he writes anything or whether he defends running the piece. Right. Whether, he, I, I guess whether the, he writes nothing or he writes something to I guess to the
1: smart it. move for him is to keep his head down and write yeah, about something else. Be. Be. Something uncontroversial like global warming. Uh but um but on the other hand he's a columnist, he needs to have something to write twice a week. So just uh,
0: quickly I actually thought he got I, I, I'm not a fan obviously but I thought he got a bad rap on that early column I thought he was trying to wasn't he trying to walk back his traditional global warming skepticism in that column yes you, but yes and, and but, yeah, but 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 people characterized it as exactly yeah. the opposite right
1: this guy, he's he's managed to position himself at the intersection where nobody likes him
0: well he's got it's my, very impressive he certainly got my dislike locked
1: up I, I don't like him either <laughs> so <laughs> The um. Uh, anyway, that's. I mean, they have a bunch of other little, little junk. So quick, uh, quick
0: local news. Okay. Some Lewis with a Z, Novak or Noack tells us that Pangolin Delight is already there's already a Kickstarter for something called Pangolin Delight, not a podcast. Um. Oh, there's the a team. challenge from you that I could read another time, ta- cha- an ideological challenge for you that I could read another time. We're running kind of late. Uh, somebody last time, because my agent was calling at the end, I asked for a book idea. And here's an idea from Twitter handle Hedonic Urge. Good handle. Book idea is the Evo Psych, Evolutionary Psychology, Roots of Our Current Manipulation by so- Social Media, Outrage Culture, Global Village Leading to Global Gossip, Explain the Current Badness. I think that's a good title, actually. Explaining the Current Badness. Then, the second half of the book is how we can leverage our monkey brains with pro-social media. So, whoops. I will take that under advisement. Um, that is... Oh,
1: and also... Yeah, go ahead. It's hard to believe that hasn't been written, but why... The evolutionary roots of why everything sucks is... Not a bad book.
0: I thought I wrote that book, but okay. Y- y- I uh, thought you did too.
1: You, you and Stephen Pinker would be two of the people who wrote it.
0: Well, no, but Steve th- these days thinks everything is uh, everything is hunky dory. Um. So, uh, also, I, I did you read that thing I sent you from the twenty-five-year-old who said he he because of our podcast he is supporting the Non-Zero Foundation Patreon. Crusade at well, the highest level.
1: It, You start a Patreon, you get an in, initial influx of cash, and then you're obligated to keep keep working for how long? I mean, you can't take the cash and do nothing, right? Actually, Jordan Peterson took it and then
0: went over to Russia and got an induced coma.
1: It's like um, it's like my so brother's you could do I, that. We could do that. It's like uh, my my sorry, my college, my law school roommates' idea. Was you do a, take up a fund and you use the money to bribe Paul McCartney into not making an album this year. So we could have a Patreon to like shut us up, right?
0: Absolutely. If you,
1: if you, if you give to this Patreon, we'll keep working. If you give to that other Patreon, you know, and whichever wants the most money will affect our behavior.
0: It'd be more effective if we could get ourselves broadcast like in airports or something, like captive audience and then demand, and then demand. like I would pay money for them to quit broadcasting CNN in airports.
1: No kidding. Um.
0: So wait, but uh, this is what I what I mean to say to you, Mickey is if we just set up a Patreon page for this show, because because the, un- the you, you, you sense the injustice here, right? Are you out? I'm surely you feel a, a moralistic fervor welling up as you realize that you are part of the reason this guy's giving money to my Patreon page. You're getting zero zilch. Wouldn't you like to change
1: that? No, because I have the freedom to quit any time I want, Bob. Okay, the power I wield promiscuously.
0: This reminds me a little of your decision to quit blogging at Slate when you ran for the Senate, and I yeah, think we all was... agree that that was possibly your, your <laughs> worst decision. <laughs> right. I would have
1: if I kept if I kept blogging. I would have gotten you wouldn't have You would have gotten five point one. You would have
0: become more famous and. Uh, I
1: did keep blogging. I just didn't blog a Slate. Oh. My, th- my, my, my final theory is that I think all these magazines, they're laying off people. It's a slow, agonizing process. BuzzFeed, Vox, and Vice uh, should just merge into a magazine called Woke. And actually Slate... <laughs> Slate right Slate will be on their left. Slate will attack them. Uh, Slate has, like, moved wildly to the left. Uh... And um
0: Wait, you said sl- BuzzFeed ver who who and Vice? Vox? Feast,
1: Vice and Vox. Uh-huh. And they could call it Vox. Now what about something? the Daily
0: Beast? Where are they? See, they they seem to me on foreign policy to be a little neoconish, right? Uh-huh. Or at least liberal interventionist slash neoconish.
1: Uh you may be right. I I I, I, I you know it, it's um uh- But their editor is it Noah Shackman? I think you just re- just read the pieces you're linked to, so you have no sense of what the overall view of the magazine is.
0: Anyway, their editor so. I thought was was tweeting more than is good for the country, retweeting these. You know, isn't this isn't this cop behavior outrageous? When actually, if you look at the clip, uh, maybe okay, well, we should reserve judgment.
1: You won't write for Woke Magazine.
0: No, no, I won't. No, that's true. I'm related to some people who could, yeah. but not me. So and neither. Is that- yeah.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead. He, Matt Iglesias might not write for Woke Magazine either. He wrote a piece saying, you know, the, this violence is hurting, and he's getting blowback from his fellow. Oh, did he write
0: that piece? Well, God bless yeah. you, Matt. You know, it's so funny watching us get so old that these guys who were just out of college when blogging head started and were on it like Matt and Ezra Klein are like getting 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 hit from the left.
1: He's. They, they were the last They're old. They're days. old now. They're old. They're, 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 um, the, the, I mean, the, Ezra Klein is, is all set. His, his, uh, his career path is he becomes, uh, you know, uh, Hugh Sidey or he becomes some, some <laughs> no, respected, please. he becomes some He's not John M- Hugh too. He becomes yet. some respected moderate, you know, pundit type. Uh, and, uh, but Iglesias, I, I think it has a, I mean, he doesn't have, he has more of an edgy sensibility, so, uh, he, I'm not sure he has that, uh, path, path open for him. Though every time I hear him on NPR, he does sound like Hugh Ezra? So,
0: Ezra or Matt? Matt?
1: Matt. Is he Matt. on
0: NPR a lot? That's good.
1: He's on NPR sometimes, but he tones himself, he tones himself way down. He well, gives them what they, he gives them what they want.
0: Matt's major deficiency. He knows I believe this. Is that he doesn't? He, he at some point quit writing about foreign policy, where he 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 brings a lot of value added to foreign policy when he writes about it, which has not happened for a decade or so. Anyway, huh. okay. so um, I've lost my mouse. Uh, oh, it's on the floor. Um, so we can end this. I was going to say we cannot end this because I've lost my <laughs> mouse. Um, how long have we gone on? Wait, what'd you say? I just took my earplug off. It's been over it's an hour. It's too long. It's too long. I don't think anybody's listening or watching. Okay. But good. I will say, if they are watching, this would be a good test. If they are watching on YouTube, don't forget to click the like button. And that will bring, I mean, nobody's watching. Never mind. But but when you do that, it brings more people from YouTube. It, it, it plays into their algorithm.
1: Even I'm not watching. It's like, uh, no I know this is terrible it's like van Morrison who like gets bored with his songs as he's recording them halfway through <laughs> so, does like, he if you listen to the songs they like fade they in the second half he just doesn't he rarely delivers the goods because he's bored he's just like finishing the song it's like the first minute and then it's a then it's uh then he's phoning it in well maybe anyway. we should
0: stop before that happens <laughs> okay so we'll see you uh presumably next week although as you as you noted you can quit at any moment. Uh,
1: any time you're, you're on Montana Hooks here
0: y- you got a lot of leverage you better be
1: really nice to me okay
0: alright see you around see ya